0: W'e there yet?
1: Wty?
0: W'e there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) Okay, we're here live. Asheville Comedy Festival. Yeah,
2: laugh your Asheville off. Laugh
0: your Asheville off. Yeah, and I'm here with Live with Jackson. That's right. Who I met like was it last night? (laughs) And just, last night, I was nice to you. I saw you in the audience. I'm like, I got to tear this guy up. This
2: guy was, you were so close to making fun, because I was with five women. Yeah. And uh, one of them was one of the ladies I used to babysit. She's now 30, but she was 12 when I first met her. So you're like, are these your, and you didn't know what to say, right. and you said your girlfriends. I didn't make an, I didn't say a peep, because I, I,
0: I was just like, I got to do my set. Because, because what I wanted
2: set. to say was, no, these are my prostitutes. Right, 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 <laughs> but right. Because you were doing a joke about prostitutes. No, no, there was a, no, no, no there was somebody else. Someone else, no. But- I think I just stereotyped all all comedians right up, well so. we
0: all looked i everyone was looking at i mean i and that
2: because it was yeah yeah
0: because it's you you had but the thing is all those girls were, were nice but yeah, you have nice. you had more product in your hair than all of them <laughs> yeah no. know so i was well, like it's, what? it's hair glue
2: i've been using the hair glue you know and here's the thing is i just moved back to the states back in april right so i used to come over to walmart and do like a hair product uh run and i would buy tons of uh, hopefully they'll do a product Placement for me, but Schwarzkopf <laughs> hair glue. Right? Oh, I know Schwarzkopf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone knows yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Really? Back in the day, it was like, like niche. Like tile cock for your hair. What's tile cock? I've never heard of that. It's like glue for a tile, ceramic. Oh, tile cock. Calk. 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 No, you, you did it right. Either <laughs> way, it's okay. I was like, Look. It'd be yeah, it'd be like tile. Cock. Anyway, yeah, 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 What are you doing with that tile? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so that I used to do hair, uh, did uh, hair gel runs, and I did uh, de- uh, deodorant runs. And here's the other thing is there's only two countries in the world where you can buy my deodorant, which is Degree deodorant, which we buy everywhere here. Right, Philippines and America. Degree is not available anywhere else. Um, can't find it anywhere else. Even in South Africa, I lived in South Africa for a while. Couldn't find it there. So, so.
0: you're you're pretty global because you you're in addition to being I, 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 yeah sure I, this so, is great because
2: we're actually getting to know each other right so you live.
0: and I sort of chatted because I, I, I did a sh- I performed in front of you and the whole audience and then yeah. I, you came up to me at the pa- a- after great party great show great set too by the thank way thank you yeah thank you yes and, and I didn't know you you came up to me afterwards and you
2: missed you missed the uh, callback to your jokes I know
0: when he went up
2: yeah he went up and it was your father right so Paul Agata I was here with Paula who some people know don't know but you did this whole thing about you coming out to your father right and then came out on stage and pretended to came your father for the first 45 seconds. Right, and everybody right. believed him and right. then started laughing. And he said, I'm just kidding. I'm a Japanese guy from Hawaii. I'm not his father at all. So it was a great callback. But anyway, because he had to do something because it was 15 comics. We were, laughed our asses off. Right, and right. We were right. exhausted. So anyway, it was a right. great set. Yeah,
0: great yeah. Set. So it was great. So I met you last night at the after party, but there was only... You know, I don't I don't know all of your story yes. we were just like talking sort of business and then yes. I was like who is this guy and then we went and like everything closed Yep. we went to the Waffle which House which is
2: what they do in the south usually right. only on the really awesome cities do they stay open 24 hours
0: right so 2 o'clock we were like where do we go we tried to go to the Waffle House and then it was, was packed
2: and it was humid it looked like a, humi- a humid well like a there. steam bath in there it was, steam it bath, was so yeah. crowded like a creek steam bath with waffles right right that's exactly. really what it was we're going to syrup. beat you with oak leaves yeah. and then we give you waffle chicken exactly <laughs> and then we decided Let's list, list be stereotypical. We went made a run for the border, went to Taco Bell. Right. And you're vegan. Right. Or you have some dietary yeah, yeah, restrictions. I'm vegan. So I've got a picture of this guy. Uh, basically Rich was, uh, looking at the menu, studying it, trying to figure out what he could, the drive couldn't up, eat. the
0: drive up menu. I couldn't see it from the car. And it was
2: three o'clock in the morning telling this drive through guy <laughs> what he couldn't and couldn't eat. The guy didn't give a shit. Right. He really,
0: he get, he's getting minimum wage. I don't give a shit. I'm going to put 12 pieces of beef in your fucking vegan request. He He did. I guess it was okay. Oh, no, he did. He, he did, did
2: a great job, right? He did great. I mean, and the I, girls in with the car with us and Paul, well, Paul and I don't have any restrictions, but Chris and Amy, I think, also had restrictions. Right. So this poor guy just went through I'm hell. bad. Yeah, it was like, bad. Can
0: you do these? Can you give me? I want the taco shell hard, Chris, but none of the black flecks. Yeah. Can you the, but I still want corn in it. Yes. Yeah, it was like it was, crazy. I was like, I would
2: like to have a taco, but without the taco, can you do Right, yeah, right. So it's pretty hard. Do
0: you guys have any seitan? Do you have any seitan? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: just trying to make it work. Do you have
0: kombucha? Do you guys have kombucha?
2: But to be honest, though, I will say tacos is a rarity from where I was living for 20 years because... They do have Mexican restaurants. We take them for granted here in the States or in North America, I guess we could say. Which is Latin America too. But it's very rare to be able to get tacos and especially Taco Bell. So that was kind of a specialty last night. That was probably the first time I've been to Taco Bell since I've been back. Really? Yeah. Now, it was so good. Now
0: you live you live both in I Colorado, in, Hong Kong, Asia. I feel like you're just, yeah, you're in so a spaceship and you can't, you w- beam down for the show. you're you
2: So what I did was, is I've lived abroad since after September 11th. After September 11th, I took an opportunity to move overseas because when that happened, I wanted to know what it was like to be international. I wasn't doing stand up comedy at the time. I was doing kind of nerdy data science stuff. And uh, I made a decision to move to KL. Uh, I'm sorry. I made a decision to move to Heidelberg, Germany, Germany. And then I lived Sprekency in Germany. Deutsch? Yeah, in Bisschen. I'm oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so, and that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I only know dirty
0: yeah. German. I, I couldn't say anything Me else. Me too. Else. Oh, really? I learned
2: it from the, uh, uh, the phone six numbers that come on after 10 o'clock.
0: So what's what's your favorite?
2: Titten nine 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 Ashlaw.
0: You know, it's... <laughs> Basically, the phone number you
2: call for assholes or whatever, oh, and stuff. there was a bunch of there was a bunch of uh, phone sex numbers for grandmas and grandpas. So it was like you know uh, uh, nine 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 oma, you know, it's just oma. Like, and it was this oma. naked grandmother having no, sex. But it was just no. really. But that's where I learned all my Ashla Titten. I learned all the <laughs> well, really nice. yeah, Hatsmal, yeah, uh, which means shut up, and you know, Hatshmal. just horrible stuff. They should always start teaching languages from the pure, raw, dirty stuff. And then go back to clean.
0: Then you learn to. Then that's how you learn present, past, and imperfect.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking fucked. About to fuck. Want to fuck. Coulda <laughs>
2: fuck. And then uh, never got to fuck at all. Right, yeah, right, right. Longing for fuck. Longing for fuck. So I actually lived in Germany first. That was my first thing. And then uh, I wanted to be a film, uh, film guy. At that time, I was doing data science. They would not called data science at the time. It was called statistics. I was working for a statistical company. But on the side, I was doing short films. And uh, I really loved doing short films and that kind of thing. And then, and then I got an opportunity to move to South Africa. So I moved from Heidelberg, Germany, oh to South God. Africa. Went to film school properly in Cape Town, uh, South Africa. I went to Cape Town uh, and then went to film school there. Lived in South Africa. I didn't want to leave South Africa. Loved it. It was probably one of the most beautiful places you can ever go. Right. I've heard and, um, and, but then my visa ran out. And so my boss from South Africa brought me to Hong Kong. And then I moved to Hong Kong and I lived there uh, uh, working for him for about five years. And then uh, they were going to move me to Russia. And I didn't feel like for what I was doing in my job, uh, I predict the future using data or did. And uh, I didn't think Russia really wanted to predict their future. So I basically <laughs> said, uh, this ain't going to work. So I left that job and then I went on to others. Uh, and then I, there was one period of time when I moved to Brazil for about a year, year and a half. Uh, went to Brazil. I was commuting back and forth from Brazil to Hong Kong, and that was hell. But now, just to let you know, so when I moved to Hong Kong, that's about when I started doing stand-up. Started, right. And then did you meet Jamie Gong there? I met Jamie Gong at uh, in Hong Kong. Jamie Gong had uh, is from originally from New York. His yeah, family's yeah. from Hong Kong. Right. He actually start, worked in Chinatown, started uh, kind was of a— Was it uh, Yellow or something. Yeah, like but or... he actually started out as a comic himself, not yeah, running that yeah. kind of thing. And uh, he actually was very, very uh, well-known. He actually is one that introduced me to Paul. So Paul and oh. Jamie have been friends for years and years. And then basically, while Jamie's grandmother had passed in Hong Kong, he was on a plane. I'm paraphrasing, and summarizing the story, but he was flying back to Hong Kong. And on the flight, he had an idea, a dream, that basically he should start stand-up comedy in Asia. Right. So he came over and he wrote it on a, a sick bag uh, in, his, in his seat pocket right. and wrote his whole business plan. It's actually framed. If you go to takeoutcomedy.com or takeoutcomedy.com, Hong Kong, you go into this uh, his uh, club, you'll see the sick bag that has his idea. Wow! And then, I I mean, there's a lot of stand-up comedy clubs that are currently in. Asia, yeah. but I would, you know, some people would agree, not just dis- or disagree with me, but I really believe that Jamie uh, started the seed for all of them, all of the clubs to get started. Out of the s- spawn outs from those was Comedy Masala in Singapore. There right. was a guy named that Umar. There was a takeout comedy in Singapore, but that didn't go so well because it was just uh, anyway, whatever happened it wasn't bad. It just happened. And then a guy named Umar Raina created a comedy club called Comedy Masala. He was one of the f- finalists in the International Comedy. comedy competition right. everyone that ended up being a finalist or one or the top 3 of the international comedy competition in Hong Kong they ended up spinning off their own comedy club right. and it just became we had a comedy club in Miramar we had a comedy club uh, i think it still exists there's one in Shanghai there's one in Beijing there's one in Guangzhou there's one in Shenzhen these are in China, wow. China Greater China there's one in Taipei now there's one wow. in Tokyo it's 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 growing Singapore is exploding uh, in a good way uh, and then the guy that created one in Singapore created one in Islamabad and Lahore and Pakistan India then started blowing up in a good way. Uh, it's just lots of clubs there, so it just. And I'm not going to say that Jamie was the end-all, be-all, uh, but it did create. A right, he, he pioneered scene. the idea. I think he pioneered the idea, created the template. And then he started bringing LA and New York comics, and that's how I met Paula Gata. I met uh, uh, so many other Dwayne Perkins, uh, some of the comics I'm going to be working with. Uh, uh, you know, I'll be, I'm going to start some shows in Colorado, which we'll get to a little bit later. But so a lot of these great comics, I was able to perform with some of the best. I met Tom right. Cotter, who won oh, America's right. Got, right. Talent. Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. lost to a dog that season. Right, 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 right. But uh, he's a great guy. And then his wife, uh, Carrie Louise. Carrie Louise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're just great comics. They came over to com- actually Carrie Louise. Uh, uh, was running the comedy show, the comedy competition that was in Hong Kong that Umar won. Uh, I think it was second or third. uh, And then Umar went off to create Comedy Masala and then the one that's in Pakistan. So anyway, it's all... And there's so many I'm missing here. There's so many amazing comics in Asia that that's kind of what I... I've really found that, I know we have some great comics here in the States. Don't get me wrong. I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a, church, comedy of church, or church of comedy, basically. We're all kind of a congregation of comedians. But the international scene, too, is also a very beautiful scene. Right. Oh, and I forgot to mention, one of the greatest comics that won out of the international comedy competition was a guy named G.B. Labrador. G.B. Labrador was, uh, he had won the first round, um, but then he was just brand new into the scene and couldn't, at that time he was just an accountant in the Philippines couldn't afford to get back and we all put money together so he can come back to for the finals and then he won the finals and then he was one of the main founders for Comedy Manila now he's they're doing phenomenal. they are He's like a brother from another mother. He helped inspire me to create Comedy Cebu. And uh, that's kind of how we – so it's all a big, beautiful – And just for the listeners of out there that
0: can't see you, you are Caucasian. You are – Yes. What's your background? I mean, you originally uh, from – Sure. Uh,
2: I don't know. I'm adopted. So I was born in Irvine, California, and uh, then uh, <laughs> then adopted and put into a third world – in America? No, I was grew up in Alabama. And so they put <laughs> well, lower Alabama. Like a, I went right. from L.A. to L.A., lower Alabama from Los Angeles. And I right. uh, grew up there and then went to school in Atlanta and then kind of came from there. Okay. And a lot of people say, well, where's your accent? I'm like, well, I can put it on if you want me to. But <laughs> I normally, people, you know, think so I'm did stupid. You,
0: so you were born in L.A., but yes. you were raised, how old were you when you came here? Uh, I was or three. To
2: the South? I was uh, three years old when I moved to the South. Oh, uh, okay. So, so basically, my hometown was where they filmed Mississippi Burning. Movie. Oh my God. So it's not something to brag about. <laughs> right? I was like you know where the little black boy has a box over his head because they're going to lynch him. That's my hometown. So I try to keep right. that. That's to mind. my
0: accent. Yeah, yeah. My accent is deep. deep
2: but I think paste. that that's probably why I am who I am because I think because I was the only white kid in all black school, and so I was always surrounded. And I never understood. I never felt. Like, I didn't think on the inside that I was, uh, you know, I never thought I was a white person. I, I know I did when I saw how transparently white I am. Right. So I, we
0: could, we could, count yeah, your, I mean, you could see, you, you could see all your organs. You could see how my organs are. I, I could take your pulse and I can see, yeah, uh, see, you can yeah. see my
2: pulse, right? So, I, it was one of those things where I wanted to, uh, I just, I don't know, I just belonged in other cultures and, and I always wanted to know what it was like. And I was always ashamed of being white because, right, right. you know, you hear all these backstories and all my friends were, Black, my my first uh, best friends were black and my first girlfriend was black and, and I just never understood, right? So, so when I started going abroad, I always wanted to, I don't know, I just wanted to bring everybody together. That was my whole thing. And then when I got comedy, I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to bring my Indian friends in, my friends from Nepal, my friends from, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, Tokyo, uh, you know, as you're bringing, and you just have this soup of amazing comedy. And that's, you know, that was been kind of my driving force. So, And so,
0: did you start doing stand-up in Asia? Yeah, well,
2: I was going to. Jamie had a a free class, and I had signed up for it, but chickened out. And then I flew to North Carolina on a business trip, and my first open mic, which is ironic because the lady who runs Charlie Goodnight's. Comedy Club is here at the Laugh Your Ash Off, uh, Asheville Off, and uh, that's for cigarette smokers, the Laugh Your Ash (laughs) Off. Um, That's a totally different conference and uh, festival. (laughs) But uh, so I did my first open mic in uh, Charlie Goodnight's in Raleigh, North Carolina, because I was too afraid to do Jamie's class and do it there and then i so in other
0: words you outsourced from asia i did i was (laughs) and i
2: introduced myself as a hong kong comic and they were kind of surprised by that and i would never done comedy before so i won my spot to get on the thing and i did a whole routine which i still feel strongly for it's not funny but basically all wars in the world are based on people that wash their ass uh, when they take a bathroom go to the bathroom or those who don't wash their ass they just wipe when they go to the bathroom that was my whole set and think about it, seriously. If you think about like right, uh, the, right. the Crusades, it was basically the Europeans attacking the Middle East, uh, um, You know, the people that washed their ass, which are the Muslims versus the Europeans who didn't wash their ass. Then think of World War Two. You got the French who have Boudets, and right, the Germany's right. not washing their ass. Right. So everything's been around. And then look at World War Two. Japan, they right, have, right, they right. washed their ass. Americans didn't. Right, so anyway, right, said, right, it right, was, right. It sounded funny at the time. Got on the spot. <laughs> they introduced me as a Hong Kong comic. I got on three minutes of nothing. It was oh. like crickets. Oh oh god help me and then the host said that's how they do it in hong kong (laughs) so that was my introduction (laughs) to stand-up comedy and that i've been Uh, doing it for that was back in 2007 2008 back in the day that was about yeah 10 11 years ago yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so that's been kind of my journey i was very lucky i've done comedy pretty much everywhere brazil i did comedy uh did east coast here in the states dc new york uh, Florida Atlanta was my second home club um, and then I did Seattle I did San Francisco never did LA I was I could have but I was a little chicken uh, and then Dallas I did Dallas uh, you know and that kind of thing and, and now I do in Colorado Right. Right. and then of course you had Europe. I've done Europe, uh, Spain. Uh, um, you know, uh, some places like that. So the,
0: these are all English-speaking clubs.
2: Um, yes, not always, but they would do an English-speaking night. So, for example, right, right. in Madrid, they would do uh, they would have language people come in who were learning English and they would they would pack out the club because we would do stand-up comedy uh, in in Madrid. Uh, oh, it was like a class. It was kind a com- of a class. But these comics, let me just say that there's a great uh, great comedy club in Madrid and it's run by a guy who looks exactly like Horatio Sands, but I think he's funnier than Horatio Sands. and it's just a great it's a great club and uh, and the audience was so participation and they got it. You know, there's a lot of wow. irony. Because yeah, oh, like,
0: it's tricky. If, if yeah. English is not your first language the catch... Irony and and subtext, sarcasm, sarcasm, and subtext. It's very like, hard, yeah. Right.
2: So, uh, but you got to realize the rest of the world is pretty smart. We're the ones that <laughs> are kind of the dumb ones <laughs> in the rest of the world, right? Yeah. But I think some of the best, uh, the best ones I've ever done has been in India. I loved India a lot. I did a show in Islamabad, uh, Pakistan, and then right after my show, they blew up my hotel, which was. You know, the Marriott, they blew up. Right, right, right. I think it was coincidence, uh, but they actually blew up the front part. I mean, they cratered the whole thing, and uh, it was shocking because I had checked out, and then that night I found out that they had blown it up after I left. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm yeah, glad you're here. A, me too. I'm very glad. But that's not the same anymore. Anyway. It's we, so we're doing shows now in Pakistan and Umar running those. There's a lot of fun now. So you got to go, you know, and you <laughs> there's a guaranteed kill rate somewhere. <laughs> right. You're going to kill the audience the only, or get no, killed. Look,
0: it's a club where the comics don't bomb, yeah but exactly. everyone else. Everyone it's, does. it's a good yeah. scene.
2: So I've been very lucky to be able to perform and some of the greatest comics, some of the ones you see on television. I've performed with Trevor Noah in South yeah, Africa yeah. at the underground there and uh in Johannesburg, and then um, and then uh, uh, Riley Chang, who was one of the. Comics that's on Daily Show as well. And I think he spun off. It's got his own show stuff now. Right. I performed with him in Singapore with Paul. So him and Paul and I did a show together. Yeah. And so I've just been very lucky to perform with all of these. Wow. Yeah. I feel
0: like I just did cardio listening to you. I know. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Poor of these a, people. You no, know, in a good way. And we're also doing this virtual. You're we're recording doing virtual. Virtually. Reality, yeah. So, so we, I'll have to have a link for people to yeah, see that. Yeah, you
2: definitely will. So I'll, I'll upload that. You can actually put it up on Facebook. So you can oh, actually okay. that. And they, if they want to, if they get bored of looking at us, which we're
0: sitting on a they bed, they can look at the rest of. Of the room, yeah, they can this, see all my paraphernalia. This is
2: like an Airbnb, right? Thing, so if you want to see Asheville in the Airbnb, you can see the virtual reality and days, and you can see orders. room
0: 11 in the Airbnb, yeah, that that's in.
2: right. So if you want to check out the Airbnb, room 11, and what's the name of this place? This is the uh, Gray Rock Inn, yeah. So if you want to check out Gray Rock Inn. Come listen to this podcast This is perfect <laughs> Yeah But it's been You know To be honest though This last couple of months Has probably been a tough one Am I getting back Into the comedy scene No Cause I had such a crazy time last year, you know, I had a situation. So do about, you want? Uh, Cause I, I
0: want to know that story. Sure. Yeah, and I do
2: want to tell you about the the story we were about to get on, and you know about this part about my cellmate. So I want. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so first, start off. Yeah, I don't want to get into the difficult details of uh, what what actually transpired, but I will say that I was in the wrong. So there was a there was an audience member that was in the crowd.
0: You were in what country?
2: I was in Hong Kong. I okay. was there. Actually, to be honest, I was in Hong Kong just trying an open mic because I had a sold-out show in Singapore. Not because it was sold out because of me. I was just sold out and I was lucky enough to be in the show. I was going to fly to Singapore to do a show that weekend and I was very excited. Um, the day that, uh, that that incident happened, it actually happened and I can give you the exact details to be uh, March 16th, 2016. Actually, the incident actually occurred on the tick because it's on my phone and on a CCTV camera at 10 o'clock, zero, 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 zero. Like it was right on. 10. It was cosmic yeah, what happened. But anyway, there was an audience member that got, uh, you know, very irate uh, uh, with a bit I was doing or just was upset and I reacted poorly and then, uh, and also I, I think at that time I, had, I was having a lot of anger issues because I was going, I was a data scientist and i was working and i was trying to be everything to everyone and just just thought i was the shit you know you get to a place where you're as a comic when you get some really good shows you're thinking I cannot be stopped. Right. And uh, I think it was a big batch of humility. But anyway, uh, sadly, I hit him in the face with a glass. Wow. Uh, and uh, it was so. Unfortunate. There was a
0: glass that was just there. It wasn't
2: me. Yeah. So I was actually coming out. I was walking off the stage, and there was a glass that was on a table, and uh, I reacted poorly, and I just being stupid and uh, asinine. and I hit him in the face with that glass. And uh, wow. but you know he, uh, you know anyway that. Transpired and uh, you know, he's uh hopefully he's fine now. Um and uh he was an entertainment agent as well. So oh, was some yeah, he was a pretty geez. famous entertainment agent. Anyway, the, the the thing about that day was I'd just been told that day that my mother had been diagnosed with cancer. And so I was trying some new material out on uh about a single mother that I was trying to go out. There was a girl I was gonna go on a blind date with. We went on this date, she told me in the middle of the date, hey, I just wanna let you know I'm pregnant already. And I was gonna to try to start doing a joke about like, oh, well, that's, you know, I can't get you pregnant, which is awesome, so you know, I think pregnant women are hot. So I was kinda of g- trying to go in some sensitive territory, dealing with my biological mother who was diagnosed with cancer. She was a single mother, and I was trying to go in that. So when this heckling began, which, to be honest,
0: heckling, Wait, he's an entertainment agent and he's heckling?
2: Um, Yeah. So, I, you know, I mean,
0: but, uh, know, whatever, it never, nothing night. ever justifies assault, but he was kind of being a dick too.
2: Yeah. But nothing, nobody gets where, you know, you know, when no the one Zara wins getting ahead.
0: Right. No one, know. no, I'm not saying ever justified. Oh, but I'm just saying,
2: was but he- maybe you should get tattoos together. You know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should get matching tattoos. Like we're both dicks. Let's this. Right. This. Right. Right. But no, so that so I was trying, I was in a very sensitive spot trying to do this set and maybe I was, my delivery was wrong anyway, but I have to say, so I was, uh, it became a media spectacle. It became a kind of a lightning rod for comics uh, over on Asia, especially because when is there a time where a comic can lash out uh, when maybe an audience member is being a dick or do we just take it so it became you know the comedy uh, family as we know because we're pretty close in Asia or uh, I hope we still are um, is uh, kind of split down the middle that you know of course I, I had no right to hit him which I totally agree with that um, but then he was being you know some people said he was being a dick but then everybody's kind of fighting back and forth between this thing and there was a lot of love hate and um, then what happened and made it worse was there there's a lot of media publicity. So it was a bunch of articles that were written. Unfortunately, I didn't get interviewed, but I totally understand why they didn't interview me. But there was a lot of speculation, like I left the country to move to Australia, to run from the charges. And I'm like, that's not true. I, I stayed in country, uh, you know, and I was doing racist material about Chinese people, uh, which I, you know, growing up in the South... Uh, and being a southern, being a white guy, a honky, because uh, my name is Guaylo Jackson in Cantonese, which Guaylo means trans ghost or honky or cracker, right? Oh, so on. I'm I'm trying to make break open that stereotype or make fun of myself for the racism, but to be called a you know a racist comic was hardcore because my entire life I'd fought it. So, I actually did not want to Kanye West the situation. I could have said, These guys are assholes and I'm amazing. I just went quiet. I just shut it down. And uh, it was uh, in the news. It was in the London Mirror News. It was in Spiel in uh, Germany. It was on, you know, uh, uh, Coconuts and Hong Kong Free Press. It just went viral. Yeah. And then I had like 300 messages on my WhatsApp about it. And it was just it was heartbreaking. To, to be a comedian and to hurt your audience member was crushing soul crushing and wow, uh yeah and then the whole law legal thing lasted months it was uh not until so from that happened in march my actual trial was in october and, the, and then the publicity got worse and uh and I just felt horrible uh through that whole situation and then of course i was found and i pled not guilty which a lot of people say well why are you pleading guilty you know you did it i totally did it but I didn't like the connotation that they said I did it because of racism reasons, or that I was, uh, you know, I was running away. Uh, I wanted to let people know that I definitely say the glass didn't fall into his face. It was my fault. But I just wanted to make sure that people knew that, I, you know, they got my side of it. And so if I had said guilty, every stereotype they put on every
0: the, and whatever they wrote would have been it's so true, long. Yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. and that
2: maybe some of it is true. I still fight to this day to make sure that my comedy is inclusive. Or I'm not doing comedy now, but trying to host shows that are inclusive of all ethnicities and that kind right. of thing. Because I cannot stand people just to make fun of people because of where they come from. And or like today when we had the the conference, not to, to we had an industry day. You know, they just kind of brush over. Uh, they just brush over international. Like you know, India. Oh yeah, that's you know 1.4 billion people. So what? We'll just pass that. Or Filipinos. You know, there's like you know what a five 400 million, 500 million people. Oh, this is brush past them. These are beautiful populations of very brilliant comics and writers and creative people who have money to spend, and we shouldn't just focus on Western white people or uh, you know Westerners, I guess, for being the audience. I feel like we should include everyone, right. and especially in the age of Trump. So right, right. Anyway. Well, I
0: guess also some of the people that were there are basically more locally based clubs that like who's going to book on the east coast sure south why would we fly someone from asia when we can just get someone from but
2: actually to be honest though they think that plane tickets are like two three thousand it's actually cheaper to fly someone in from asia so i would like for example to fly here to asheville was about 350 bucks what same yeah so it was about from, three, from colorado right uh-huh. it's about 300 bucks 200 you know with taxes and stuff Flying from uh, the opposite, so if I flew someone, so when I came to Hong Kong from here, it was about 400 bucks. And I had everything inclusive. All the baggage I wanted, you can eat as much as you want on a plane. So the flights are cheaper to come from Asia than they are to to go in continental United States. So they're actually going to save money and they'll get demographic. So, for example, we talked about this. Right. If I bring, like, for example, if I bring, which is my goal, I'd like to bring in GB Labrador from Comedy Manila, Alex Calalea, Ryan Rams, uh, you know, all of uh, Victor Anastasio. Anyway, all the, the guys that I perform with in Comedy Cebu and Comedy Manila, if I brought them to, let's say, Dallas or I bring them to Colorado, the huge Filipino population would just show up in droves just to support... Local Filipino talent, and it would be a sold-out show. Yeah, would there be a there be a speckle of white person in the audience? But we would make a lot of money, both for the comics and for they, and would be opening up uh breaking stereotypes i think and showing that there's international is a very powerful thing to reckon right and i mean think about ronnie i mean ronnie is originally from australia from uh, um and then also malaysia malaysia is a very powerful uh you know um demographic and those kind of things so i just feel strongly where for the last 10 years i've focused on bringing american comics to asia now being in america i want to bring all my my family and friends and brothers and sisters from international to America to open right. up that spectrum. right, right. Oh, so, that's yeah. great. So anyway, so that's long story short. I I spent six weeks. Uh, I was I was probably going to spend three years in prison and. Wow. Uh, I was prepared for that mentally. I was prepared for, it. and I you're I did. like I comedy mean, I, gangster slash assault. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was a gay. I'd probably the work. because I mean, what's your rep when you go to prison? Like, what'd you do? Uh, you know, I do comedy. You know, what I mean, I do jokes. You know, I like, just joke. ship me now or right. write me later. It's a right, right, you, right.
0: you can choose what you want to do. <laughs> I but, had, I've yeah. got a really tight five. Like, well, yeah. I got tight twelve for you. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, I got a twelve inch. Right, yeah, you got a tight five uh, five minute. Um, so it was one of those things. It was hard, but you know, I was ready for it, and then. Uh, just by luck or maybe it was uh, ill chance or whatever it was or karma I got uh, it was nine weeks but I got three weeks taken off and it was six weeks and the first three weeks was in a pretty maximum prison and then the last three weeks was in a non-smoking pretty much uh, not minimal prison, but it was uh, it was a lot better than the first prison so but good people in prison. I know that sounds weird, but it was uh, it was a good experience and one of the experiences I want to tell you about is my soulmate, who was my cellmate for, in the worst part of the prison, was from Cebu, Philippines. Huh. He couldn't speak English. Uh, we called him Filipino. That was Everybody's name is the country they're from. That's how you, right, you right. get... Uh, and they called yeah.
0: you, what, America or Alabama? Um,
2: no, for weirdly, they called me Jackson. I mean, it, was just, <laughs> it was always Jackson. I don't know. They, you know, they called me Mr. America or anything like that. Because there was another guy named Miami... Who is in there, but he's actually Chinese, but he he uh, grew up in Miami for a while. But anyway, that's how they named him. <laughs> but there was this one guy from uh, Filipino, they call him uh, uh, Philippines, and um, basically he was in prison. Uh, and this is when I really realized what a shitty person I was because here's this guy, he was a father of five, he's from Cebu. Uh, he had come to Hong Kong to kind of look for a job, but also it was right before Christmas, so he came here to buy presents or what's the word in the dialogue or Visaya where you buy gifts for people? Uh, uh, Pasaludong. Pasalou, you know, mm. you buy gifts and you bring them back. You know, oh. like donuts. Um, I, I know I should know this. Right.
0: What, well, I'm thinking of... Th- but it's uh, You buy
2: gifts, basically. It's a, I want to call
0: it a bollock buy-in box, but it's not. That's when you bring stuff from yeah, your homeland, to yeah. back to the homeland. It's not a gift. Yeah, but it's gifts. You, there's you, there's a, you a, yeah, bring yeah.
2: gifts for your family. So he went to go buy gifts there. And then, uh, so just to note, he came in, I think it was on December 30th at 2 p.m. Uh, and then, just it's very important to note that. And then, uh, three days later, he was picked up by the police uh, for stealing an iPhone. Uh, and they put him in he couldn't speak English so and he couldn't speak Cantonese so they just put him in prison they said we got you on tape and of course they have a picture of a guy with brown skin but you don't know if it's this guy and he's wearing a hat and I knew this guy didn't wear a hat but anyway so they basically threw it on him and he had no no way to do anything about it So he was stuck in prison and when i had met him he'd been in prison for six months with no trial because he kept saying he's not guilty but they were like well if you plead guilty wouldn't get you out in two or three months because it was just an iphone he says i'm not guilty i didn't do this so they just kept him in prison until finally he would break so when i looked at the court cases because he could barely speak english but we're sharing a cell it's close actually our cell was probably as big as this bed that we're in together he was on that side i was on this side we spoke very you know broken english together i looked at his papers and i realized the iphone was stolen on the 30th of december at noon and he didn't arrive passport stamp in his passport was at 2 p.m oh,
0: so he, it was no he way it could be possibly him. have
2: done it it couldn't have done it so i wrote an our letter to the lawyer or to the court on his behalf saying just look at my passport there's no way that this could be and i remember when I got separated to go to my next, cause in prison, the, the goal is not to make friendships. They'll break you up pretty quickly and they transfer you out. So I don't, I, I don't know what happened immediately afterwards, but I found out through friends who are still in prison, they finally just dropped the case and he was able to fly home. Wow. But imagine that he was the breadwinner for his family, he had five kids, only one of his kids, the other kids believed he just left them cause they didn't know he disappeared. And one child found out that he was in prison. He was writing letters to them every day, and uh, he finally got to go home uh, to be able to be with his family. Wow! But, but it's, it's not—is the prison system corrupt in Hong Kong? No, but I just felt like it was a—it was a bit. They want, because they have a 95% conviction rate. So if you get caught, they're going to convict you. And they're going to find a way to do it. And either you just plead guilty just to get a cut cut in the case to go home. Or you fight it, but then it takes forever. And so I felt shitty because I knew I did what I did. Right. this guy didn't Didn't deserve deserve it. Didn't deserve it. And there was so many other cases like that that was in prison. So that was very life of, you know, know, it was tough. Anyway, but I felt shitty as a... White guy and white you know, white privilege, privilege and that kind of thing. You know? right. I mean, <laughs> anyway, But at least I helped one guy get out, which was but good.
0: But I want to go back. So the, what was the race of the agent that you hit? Was um, he, he was
2: actually a resident. Yeah, he was uh, He's from Sri Lanka. He was from Sri oh. Lanka. We actually had mutual friends, uh, which was ironic. Uh, we had some mutual friends, but I just never had met him before. I didn't know him until that day. Oh. So I why think was
0: he it, heckling if he's well, you know things
2: happen you know how it goes like the right. last nights show you had a bunch of had the drunk woman that was falling asleep right and, right right and then you had
0: the women over there that were I mean I'm not saying that you had any right to assault him no, I'm just thinking definitely. but if you' work in the industry can you please respect the comics are working even if they're doing a shitty set, can you not heckle them
2: yeah and I get that but I, I But whatever I but mean, you're comics... you are
0: accountable for your behavior yes, exactly. and you you made uh, your living amends by doing your time.
2: Yes, but I will say this: one thing that I would say is, is that I did make. They did interview me on right before the trial was finished, and I did say publicly, I said that I've given up stand-up because once you hurt somebody in your audience, then you know what's the point of trying to make people laugh. But um, but then when I came over to Colorado and the states, uh, doing what I was doing, I, with especially in the age of Trump, and I just saw this. You know, just not bigotry, but just talking about like Chinese people are like, you know, people who don't know, they've never been to China or they don't know anyone from the Philippines and they just judge based on television or media. I'm like, man, I, I got to start creating some shows because we got to break this open. Once you get a comic to make you laugh from that country, right. boom, you'll never, you'll never stereotype them again. Right. And right. so that's why I'm saying I'm, I may not be in the comedy scene like as a comic, but I can host some shows, put some stuff together, use my friends that I had before and, and change in this area of Trump. So that's kinda right. why I'm kinda back semi back in the game, but trying to set up these shows and stuff. Right. So anyway, right. so that's kind of my long caffeinated rant. <laughs> yeah, you just had yeah. a whole
0: shot of the uh yeah. the French board co op. Uh <laughs> Or is it French Broad? French Broad Co-op. I yes. Love it. I love this is so this is so Asheville. I'm in a Victorian Airbnb slash low income single room residence. Yes. And then I'm across from like the Orange Peel. I'm next to a food co-op. Yes. There's like a kombucha bar down the street. I mean, yep. everything is here. And what is this place? Kazoom and Gorilla thing. The Kazoom is the. What is that? That is, is a tour bus company, and they have they all these. Like it, looks, it looks like a massive, awesome party in buses. Yeah, yeah. So the buses have all these Glittering. actor actors and comics. Dressed in these characters, and they have these comedy show tours—a haunted tour. Of, of, uh, there's a haunted tour. There's a like a brewery tour, and then there's wow. another, all these different themes. It looks so cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's it, That's what I'm saying. What I love about so why am I in Asheville? Asheville, I think, is just such a creative why i don't know why because you're in surrounded it's like smurf village where there's a bunch of gargamel's around it you know what i mean <laughs> like it's right because i think paul said the joke last night he says you're going to north carolina oh be careful you're going to Asheville? oh then you're gonna be fine right, you know there's right, this right, judgment right, right, right. That if you're in Asheville it's fine i don't know mm-hmm. there's some creative beautiful vibe about ashville well I'm
0: just, i feel i hear Asheville feels almost like uh it has a feeling of Portland or Austin or
2: well, a mix of all. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of Colorado Springs, a little bit of Portland, and a little, definitely a little bit of Austin because you got a little bit of technology. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's still growing. So. Right. Yeah. So it's a great scene. And I like it that the comedy scene is starting to grow up here because the Laugh Your Ash, Ash, um, Asheville off that Charlie and uh, uh, Melissa and uh, I think Ryan yeah. they put together they have just done such a great job, right? Oh, and, and great. I, and trying to and this is their eleventh year to try to get it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually came here to learn because our goal is to create a comedy festival in Colorado Springs. In oh, June, okay. June of two thousand nineteen. Sign me up. That, dude, up. that's why, why do you think I'm trying to <laughs> suck up to you in this podcast? <laughs> we'll definitely. Okay, yes, 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 I surrender. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, we definitely, we want to bring in international comics, we want to have a Filipino night, we're going to have like a whole night of, not that, you know, I want to not keep non-Filipinos off, but I <laughs> right, want a Filipino right. night, I want a Chinese night, I want... I also, we're going to have a film uh, industry, so we're going to have like the Netflix and the Comedy Central coming over to look, where you show your trailers in like a film setting so people can kind of judge your bid for your... Right, things. right, right, right. And then the thing I heard today, which I thought was very, having a podcast day. So if yeah, you, so just oh, I'll one bring day, it down. Yeah, yeah, you have an audience, and people can react to the conversations going on, Right, right. I think that would be, and then having an industry day where people can kind of learn. And, right. Uh, but I, my industry day would be a little different. I want them to know about the industry of international, so you because uh, everyone talks about New York and uh, LA. I want them to talk about Shanghai, Beijing, right, right, uh, right. Philippines, Sydney, Perth, Melbourne.
0: You should have you hit the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. No, I, I've Kit? gotten people sent there, but I never went. Oh, and Edinburgh too. I got. Paul but there's a whole in industry. The that, I mean, God, you have like a three or four day pass. You can go to all these. They have a million different things happening, but there's like panels, uh-huh. there's podcasts. I mean, the, the thing is, there's there's five things happening at the same time. Right. But you can sit in on on you know. A podcast, like uh, uh, a podcast, where they'll have like five comics at the same time, all being interviewed. It's nice. like it's which is crazy. It's like right. fireworks. Yeah, and then you'll have another industry when they're talking about. You know, technology or, or OTT platforms or all, all this other stuff. That's and that's actually... And so yeah, that, and you're like... A, you know, and OTT, that's why... Actually, over the top. This is like... Over the top. So basically box. all it
2: means is niche video. We call it uh, personalized um, digital storytelling. So basically, uh, you would get to watch the shows and films that you're very interested, but they'd be very finitely, finitely created just for you. Right. So Game of Thrones is kind of a generic that we all like, and that's fine, but there's a lot of beautiful content out there that you might like that you never knew and so I work for a company called 108 Media that's focusing on getting Filipino-specific niche uh, uh, content out there. Uh, Benga- you know, We're doing uh, some stuff for Bangladesh, so we're going to be focusing on Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. we got some stuff going on for the Sri Lanka market, India. I know these sound like very random, like I'd never be interested. Exactly. But right. there's a whole – But there's a whole
0: other universe. Universe of it's like It's like when you go on YouTube and there's someone that's – there's a whole like five million views on you know cats with – rolling dough exactly. like, why, you know, like but there's a market for there's that there's a
2: huge market for it and you know? I mean we're gonna go further than cats hopefully but, right right no but but, but I'm just saying. saying
0: you can't believe how many different things are out there
2: yes and the one market that we really I'm focused on right now is comedy so we're the reason I'm here is trying to buy those comedy specials that people put their own blood and money into it to do a special hoping they could sell it one day and then just sat on the shelf because everyone's like oh you made it yourself then it must not be good actually it's probably amazing so our thing is we want to buy them get them internationally distributed to get you exposure get the exposure that you deserve for the audiences that really want to hear you right right Because you're right a bunch of white people probably doesn't want to hear a bunch of Filipino jokes right
0: but then when it explodes then they'll pay attention to it exactly that's the you know like like Russell Peters like people like you know look at Trevor Noah right 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 right.
2: everybody was pissed off that Trevor Noah KO on, but you know what? I'm so proud of him because no, I've worked with him in the past when he was just an up and comer, and then when he got, he was just crushing it in stage. And just look at him now; he's doing Daily Show. Ronnie uh, Roy Wood Jr. is the other. He's American, grew up in Alabama. Went over to Asia, crushed it there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pollination that can happen with all right. this. So it's a great – we're right in the middle of it. And then we haven't started talking about virtual reality.
0: Oh, yeah. So there's what's happening with this virtual reality camera? Well, so camera? the reason I'm, I'm doing – I'm sitting next to this. There's like doing, a probe pod in my Yeah, room.
2: so we're doing like a virtual reality – because stand-up uh, – we're doing a lot of shows. Uh, we're getting a lot of requests to do virtual reality stand-up comedy shows. And the reason being is is that – For example, maybe you can't go to uh, see a show in the Philippines, right? But your dad or your mom, they speak uh, Visaya, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so wouldn't it be awesome if they could go to a show that's in their local dialect and be able to see their favorite, like Vice, well, Vice wouldn't do the dialogue, but, you know, doing some local comic. I think there's a crazy duo that's out of Cebu uh, and, you know, be able to watch it but feel like they're part of the crowd, right? Right, right. And it's actually a really uh, hot market right now, so we're we're, we're working on that, and that's kind of what I'm doing here I'm filming this is a very low it's still 4k but it's it's not it's kind of a low tech version right 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 but it, we're just showing you how easy it is to make something like that happen wow so we're having just started we've just began and I feel that comedy is probably the best place to, a couple of things to bridge uh cultural gaps to get rid of bigotry and then second of all to push technology to the next used to be porn uh now we want to intercourse <laughs> through you know, no, no pun intended. No puns, with puns and sarcasm. You want to penetrate a new market? I want oh to penetrate God, a new market me. and no. drop our seed. Right, right. You know, but don't See tell it. them that you dropped the seed. Right, you know, right, you Keep it right. secret. No, I'm right. just kidding. You do that. You, you want to put
0: the market on the face?
2: Yeah, okay, that's too far. But anyway, right. <laughs> oh, okay. Every yeah, gotta, but it's great for your complexion, though. So right. Well, it's well, really that's good. good. I mean, yours looks great. Um, it's called I, oil. I do a lot of oil. I have a lot of oil uh, on here. A lot of people say, "Well, you look so young," and I think I think it's just pure oil and being short. That's what really makes. Oil and being short oil oily skin and uh, being short but so we're really the ott and then this it's just a really amazing time to be in the market and i think that my goal is is that don't feel like you have to be like an american comic be
0: you who you are right Find all, of, voice. You. all yeah. of you
2: especially you i mean your comedy is amazing coming out of the closet fighting your your parents are being you know or they work so here i know what you've already heard this story from your parents they worked so hard to get to America to give you a better life you know they fought the third world of uh, you know Philippines to bring you here. now you're a, a gay comic what are you doing <laughs> right, right? right they're right. so upset with you <laughs> right. but you know what there's somebody that wants to hear that right right because it's
0: so universal it's so weird even if people don't want to be comics like they all want to find their voice and own yes. it and be celebrated and seen yes. and then when you see someone go through this crazy spe- such a specific journey they're like letting white people or other sorts of people with of immigrant course. parents are like oh my god that's my story exactly. with this version or that version or my parent you know it's like ah uh, because we all want to like who are we we all want to like rip open our yeah. shirts and be all of ourselves yeah exactly and i will say this so i'm when i i'm
2: going to asia next week but i come back i'm going to be teaching a class in colorado springs because i'm trying to get the comedy the comedy scene there is already there i don't want to act like i'm mr pioneer i'm not it's a great local scene But I wanted to teach a different type of class. Most people are always teaching how to do stand-up comedy. I can never teach that. I'm teaching you what not to do in stand-up comedy. Because for a guy that went to prison for being an asshole uh, and not being able to deal with heckler or something like that, I wanted to talk about all the mistakes I've made in a class. So I started a class on the 16th, I think it's... I think it's, a, I'm sorry, it's 11th of September, September 11th. Ah. From the 14th, I got it, four days. I'll be teaching in Colorado Springs. It'll be once a month. And then what we'll do is it leads up to the big show, the Comedy Central show that we'll be doing uh, starting on the 3rd of October. October, i believe it is so we're gonna be doing a how not to do stand-up comedy we'll be filming it in virtual reality too so the the people that take the class they have workshops where they have to get up before the you know the students and do their own sets, right 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 and then they have to invest it. we give them the video so they can see what the audience reaction when they hit what they didn't hit because it's amazing you can do a 2d video but when you're in 3d and you get to see it that would be an
0: amazing way to watch audience reaction when you literally can be like in your body out hit? of your body yes
2: yeah. you actually get to see your re- you can see your interactions you can see your your facial expressions you can see your feet movements i mean right right you're all in there and that's why i think it's a very powerful tool to
0: wow. stand-up. it's it'd be like like an olympic athlete being able to watch full dimensionally how they're doing their tumble yes. pass as a comedian to actually see what's happening with you and the audience simultaneously
2: I think it's going to be a very powerful It's like you're walking into a
0: holographic reproduction of yourself. Yes,
2: exactly. And I think that, so I'm going to be teaching that and then trying to get, because my goal is to incubate, uh, I, I, you know, I feel like, did I, my time to be a comedian pass? No. But I feel like my goal is if, if I did make that big mistake in the past a year ago, my karmatic, the way I can get karma back is to help incubate other people who feel like they have a voice, but they don't know how to do it. So, if I can somehow create shows and mechanisms where they can to go all over the world to spread their message to counter the bad one that I started last year. You get what right, I'm saying? right. So, so that's you're doing like a th-
0: living amends through other people.
2: Trying to. I mean, I. Yeah, no. There's probably other ways I could do amends, but I mean, I mean, and this is to just, true to yourself. And this
0: is a suggestion too. That's just from me. I don't yeah. barely know you. Oh, there's a oh, look, there's a rainbow. There's know, a rainbow beautiful. out the window. It's so beautiful. This is so Asheville. We're having rainbow. this conversation. There's a double rainbow it's outside a, our window. It's a triple rainbow. It is could, very pretty. That's right. So I was just saying, like, you could you could be of service by helping other people, and and there may be another way. I don't oh, know. I'm I'm of course, I'm that. invested in force. Now I want to like I want to see you do stand-up again. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. I guess when you you're not the only one. A lot of my friends just said go. Up there and just do it. like Swisher paul and some of the, some of the other comics i won't name um but i don't know i just feel like I, I i mean i am doing open mics but not doing open mics to be stand-up i'm learning to do open mics to host not because I wasn't a bad so host. So what's the
0: difference between hosting and stand-up? I don't understand uh, what you're saying. I, you know,
2: every comic wants their 10 minutes or their 15 minutes of uninterrupted, this is me, right? When you host, it's kind of improv. Your goal is to make everyone well, look good around
0: crowd, you. You're doing crowd work. So So you're hosting events or mics. Yes. Or com- okay. I just want to be clear because I was I not sure. Some yeah, people so, use different no, I'm language. I'm actually
2: doing. So I'm doing. No, I'm going to be hosting a show. It's called uh, Comedy Mayhem at the Mezzanine. It's in uh, a massive dance complex called the Mansion, and it's in Colorado Springs, downtown Colorado Springs. It's a beautiful club. Actually, they built the comedy club and haven't used it. It's been sitting there for two years. It's got chandeliers. And you got your typical comedy thing. It's got a brick wall. I mean, it's got every beautiful bar in the back. And they found out I did stand up and they saw some of the shows that produced. And they said, we got this comedy room. We're not doing anything with it. Do you want to you know, put some shoes, shows together for free? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, of course, this is perfect. And I said, yeah. and Colorado Springs is so ripe for comedy. It's a center of military. Uh, So there's a lot of GIs there, but there's so many different kinds of people that come from all over the world. And it's in the middle point, not total midpoint, but you can fly direct to New York and fly directly to Hollywood. Hollywood's a drive if you want to get to Hollywood to go pit something. And so, and and there's a bunch of film studios that are so eager to start filming stuff there. So, yeah, I think it's the right time to do it. And so I felt like that was kind of, you know, Destiny saying, you know, get off your ass and stop, you know, You know, you the universe is handing you stuff. Yeah, it's just saying you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself and try to help other people. You hurt somebody, but you can go out there and try to help others. So that's what I try to do. Right. Anyway, so anyway, so it's uh, yeah, I'm excited. So we'll see. And this is part of that, I think. And you definitely gonna come out. Oh, yeah. And also, I want to do an LGBT thing. I'm very, I'm very passionate about that because uh, Iris, who was my co-producer, and uh, she was executive producer, co-whatever, in uh, Cebu, she, she really was very passionate about the LGBTQ movement. Her name was Iris uh, Akawili. Uh, her stage name was Iris montes and And uh, we, uh, we started uh, LGBTQ Cebu. And as you know, being Filipino and a Catholic, uh, country, you know, there's a lot of gay, lesbian, uh, queer, transgender uh, there, but there's not really community. There wasn't a community there for a while. maybe in Manila, but not Cebu. So once we started that, it just blossomed. And I'd like to start really focusing on, you know, first of all, you know, the LGBTQ and getting their voice out there for comedy right, uh, right. nights. Uh, I'm very focused on getting uh, women out there. I love the ash, the laugh, your Ashville Off. It's been primarily 50-50 women and men. Wow. If not, I think it's 60% women. Oh, okay. I don't know. If you saw the crowd today, It's the comics, I think they really have split on And I'm so proud of that because I think right, women, right. I've always believed the LGBTQ and women. Um, in the Philippines, LGBTQ is a little different in the sense that they do stand in a comedy that's insult. So you go right. to a crowd and they just insult the crowd and they make a lot of money from that, but it gets old after a while. Right. Right. So the new thing in the Philippines is straight comedy, like American types comedy, where you're just talking about your situation. And that's like the new big thing in the Philippines. Something uh, you've been doing for Well, I've been doing. Yeah. yeah. How many years have you been doing this? Um,
0: well, I did it a little in college. I got assaulted and I ran away.
2: Oh shame! Yeah, yeah, yeah. How were you assaulted, by the way? Well, they like, said, "Get off
0: the stage, faggot!" And they took a chair and tried to hit me with it. Oh shame! And this I'm is sorry, like, this dude. is a long time ago when it was completely socially acceptable and supported. Of course. Because they're like, once one guy goes up and does it, all the other guys are like, "Yeah, get the faggot!" You know? And oh so shame. And I was only sorry, I was man. only eighteen, so oh, gosh. I was like, okay. And look I just, how brave you are.
2: That you got back on,
0: though. I did. Well, how t- long did it take you? 22
2: years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're back,
0: right? Well, here, I so I so, but I, I was, I was a, I was a, uh, I'm proud of you for coming back. Yeah, though. well, trust me, it's fucking scary when you it run down is. the fire escape out of a club because you're like, or out of a game. And the bouncers,
2: nobody tried to help you, the like, you.
0: They were like, you were awesome. I'm like, that was an awesome, it was horrible. I took the money and just ran down the fire escape. It was terrifying. At least they paid you, right? Right,
2: that's a good thing. But
0: I just blacked it out. I blocked the whole thing out. But I, I was at that time, I was a costume designer for Judy Tenuta who's a yeah. comedian back yeah. in the 80s and then I became her love slave go-go dancing drag queen psychic nice. wow. so I was her backup dancer I thought you were about to say I was her bitch and well in a way I w- yeah, well I was. was Miss Saigon that was my stage oh, name oh wow That's but cool. I was I would have headdresses harnesses swinging from you know stuff from, and, and doing weird crazy ridiculous things with the audience yeah. it was a lot of crowd work and yeah. and you know in those days that was like most it was still ridiculous then or now but at that time it was, it was amazing I mean yeah. I loved being this go-go-drag thing. Yes. But I was like a shadow of her voice. Right, of course. It wasn't your voice. It wasn't my voice. So for seven years, but it was like a gay internship. I'm like, okay, go out and be everything you want Mm -hmm. to be, but only in your headdress and a thong. But it is possible to hide on stage in a headdress
2: and a thong. Totally, Because it's not me. Yeah. It's just all the stuff You can actually even be on stage just with a mic and a spotlight on you and be a totally different person and it's not really... And I feel like... I was that person until I got in trouble. I feel like I was just being a comic to be a comic, but not being myself or being true to myself, and that's probably why i had to be broken you wow know I, mean? I, I feel that way i think wow
0: so. i just saw i just saw a moment of you there oh thanks man yeah, yeah. And, and now it's gone now it's, <laughs> no it's no like but, it's, but it's your shield that's your shield yeah it was that's i think your... that i
2: used to just throw jokes out there because a lot of my friends who are comics used to say uh, and to be honest too i you know just the anger would bubble up too like if someone didn't and it, i think that the anger would come out of me because i wasn't being i wasn't let my real voice go out right
0: you know what i mean i and think I, there's a process for everyone gay, straight, or whatever, to come out. Yes. Because of all... Oh, agreed. All yeah, but the, I just hope it doesn't authentic. have to involve...
2: For all those people listening, if there's anyone still listening, because uh, I've talked and ranted, hopefully it doesn't have to involve assault to come out. That's right, what I right. Think, yeah. Well, but
0: I think because... And this is something that happens... I mean, I know for myself and for other friends, assault happens because... All this energy has been shoved under. Yes, and we right. haven't found a place to like deal with the it. the wounding that that we where we first learned to shut down. Yeah, now when we have a chance, it comes out sideways. We don't even know how to handle it. Yeah, I agree. Because when you see a child, a child trying to express itself and it's first time it was shamed or pushed or hit or whatever, it's it doesn't understand how to well, how do I express and get my needs met. So as adults, yeah. we've had you know uh, whatever 10, 20 years of shooting out of the sides, shoving it under and when it finally comes out, we can't it's like a when you, you do t- it. It's like when you turn a fire hose on so quickly, it's like, oh my God, there's so much pressure and where do yeah, I put this and the, well, the hose is flying around.
2: It's like peeing in the morning. Right. Wow. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Especially at my age, it goes in two streams. You're like, I gotta get that urethra down so I can. Sorry, right. it's Too far. But right. Right. Got so, but, but yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's too much, gotta, too much got,
0: much pressure. Right. But you gotta diffuse it. Got a little vulnerable there. Yeah. So you got <laughs> I know it's comics. Okay. get a little real. Kind yeah. of diffuse it. Yeah, to yeah, flag. Exactly. You're yeah. welcome. Thanks, right, right. therapist. That's. How <laughs> but you know, there's one. So more. how does it show up in other parts in your life? What do you mean?
2: Everywhere. It shows up everywhere. Somewhere of that hey, just sit in the sadness sometimes. But you know what? It's so much fun to to make jokes, to diffuse it. And to be honest, I, I've been trying to teach classes to when I was in Brazil, I was teaching in um, favelas and stuff of if you're poor and you're broke, uh, especially there, I was trying to encourage them, use that as your comedy. You know, do do you realize how powerful it is? Like what I love about my brothers and sisters that are in comedy Manila years ago, about eight years ago, when they really started this, they said, we're doing comedy now. We do want to make people laugh. We want to bring them along, but we also want political change. So right. they actually all became comics to inflict or change the political structure that was in the Philippines because they knew that their voice would get powerful. And they do. Their voice is incredibly powerful now. Right. And right. I say that when I was in Brazil, I was teaching this little class of uh, children that were, you know, they spoke broken English. I'm saying, do you realize how powerful it is to be a 17 or 16 year old boy or girl up on a stage with a spotlight with just a mic and making them laugh about your pain right and then they get it and then they realize holy crap this is we've got to change something and that that's why i think it's powerful so that brings up one thing that i've never revealed yet but one of the things i feel very powerful uh, very strongly about is american indians the american indians have been kind of trifled and i know they got the casinos and they're doing well and stuff but i also want to try to uh do some uh shows on the reservations right i want to try to incubate American Indian stand-up comedy right. talent. Because imagine what power that would be to have an American Indian, Not in, I don't want him to make fun of himself. I want him to be just regular guy, girl, up on stage, but being able to just, kill all the white people in front of them. right. You know right, 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 right. Like just
0: do like a comedy smallpox blanket
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> give them back their smallpox right and, right and jokes right and right I, right i feel very strong very excited about it. that's one of the reasons why i like colorado is i think i can incubate some of the reservations to start doing stand-up and that that would stop their stereotype the minimalism and be able to get back You know, there and be able to impart. Because who started storytelling? It was you know, there's you know the 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 tradition, tradition, the American Indians, the you know the. You know, you know, I'm going there in the the, the, indigenous tradition the because indigenous, there's nothing written. Yes. It was all
0: stories, oral tradition passed down, like
2: Lapu-Lapu that we talked about, which I thought was very interesting when we talked about Cebu because Magellan was murdered there. And you brought up which is totally true. well,
0: I was like, you know, did they say he was murdered? Was he eaten?
2: I think he could have been, but I think they brought his body back. Well, I don't know. That's I don't know. Interesting. Or, but the other thing, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, they also have like the Chucky uh, Jesus there. You know, the the uh, the you know the little baby Jesus. Yeah. You know, that they celebrate that's in the the Catholic Church there. But if you, have you ever went to look at the baby Jesus doll that comes out at night and you know what I'm talking about? What? The Sunulog, we celebrate the Sunulog.
0: Yes Sinulog. Do you just <laughs> you shove just, it out? You're like, your face starts. Synologue. 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 It's uh, I'm Now, look, I'm only like one generation out, so I'm uh, correcting you with my own filter. And but then it's pretty good. Of, I Even
2: when I was running the shows, is, everyone correct me 24-7. It was the worst. I,
0: I barely speak
2: English. Like, you're
0: like, America. And you're like, America. Yeah, <laughs> America,
2: yes, but no. There's uh, the little baby Jesus, and you know. Uh, you know, I um, mean the little black Pit Senora, l- 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 Pit Senora. L- l- the little
0: brown one that's like holding a gl- on the globe. No, globe.
2: no, it's the one that has the little that was given to uh, that was given to. Um, dang, I'm just my history now has gone to crap. But it gave uh, the, the 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 when Magellan died, then they came back. They gave a little baby Jesus to the queen and king of Cebu, oh. and it's dressed in garb and it looks like Chucky from. Uh, <laughs> you want to come out and play? Oh, you know, my I, mean, God. I, just, I was like a Chucky Jesus. Anyway, oh God. Anyway, just yeah, yeah. Google, uh, Jesus, uh, Sin- Sinulog. Sinulog. Anyway. How and do you Sin- spell Sin- that? Sinulog. S-I-N-U-L-O-G. L-O-G. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those were some of the best. And you as a subwano, uh, in your heart and your DNA, you have to go to Sinulog. It is one of the greatest. I brought, I brought some great comics over, uh, All the people that I've ever went to Sinolo, it's one of the life-changing experiences. It's so much fun.
0: Everyone has said, I mean, I was there uh, like Christmas right before Sinolo.
2: You will not remember some things, but it's worth not remembering. It's just amazing. Not in a bad way. There's no, i I heard they've had some situations recently, but it's been, it's a lot of fun. You have to go. And it's just beautiful music. And, you know, being Filipino the music in the Philippines. And I and I'll just say this out here probably cuz I don't know how long and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this one. My most beautiful moment I've ever had in my life when I was really low during the whole experience that I had last year uh, with the uh, the whole, you know, trial and, you know, admitting what I'd done. There was one experience I I can't remember and it happened in Cebu. I, I, we we'd done a show what we normally did was we'd do a show and then we'd have one weekend where we, we as comedians we'd just go and just party or just relax so we got a um uh what do you call that catamaran we rented a catamaran and went out to the islands uh me gb a lot of the comedy manila comics uh iris who was my executive co-producer and we went out into the and we just went to this place in, in cebu where they it's these little houses that are over the water and they just get the fish up, and they cook them right there on the ocean. Right. And you're sitting out there. Beautiful experience. But coming back, uh, we let G.B. Labrador, who runs comedies, Manila, do the pod, uh, the iPod and doing the music. And uh, I still it's probably won't be as emotional to you today as it was to me, but it was just quiet. All the comics, we just had such a great weekend, such a high. And he was playing Sailing by uh, – there's an old song by Christopher Cross. I right, think right, right, right. And uh, we were just coming across the ocean, and I said – Life doesn't get better than this, right, right? So when I was going through my really tough time, and I'm like, "Why well, did I do this? And everyone hates me, and you know, they de- I deserve to be hated." I just remember that day, just gliding across the water back into uh, Cebu. Actually, I was living in Mactan and uh, and just hearing that Christopher Cross sailing with all my f- brothers and sisters in comedy, and I said. This is heaven. And yeah. uh, and that's what kind of got me through it every day thinking about it. Wow. That. So, anyway, it's good. It's good to have it and good to be doing this podcast with you. And if we're going to do the same podcast, but on the Asia side when you come over, you know. Oh, okay. going to be on radio this time. We'll put you on radio. So.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Great. And it, I think, like, the thing, too, is like what really touched me when you were saying that it's like, I know I've made mistakes in my past. Like, yeah. how do I get to the forgiveness forgiveness of myself? Of yourself. Because at the end of the day, I could do all the amends for other people. Yes. But I live with myself. How do every I live day. with myself after something I've done that I. Ugh.
2: When also, too, growing up in the South where racism was always prevalent, like every day racism was in your face, and to hate racism so bad that you hated yourself. But then to be labeled across all media outlets and social. And there was a Reddit that was about me to kill me and my family. And, you know, it just got really out of control because they said he's just a racist. And I was like, man, just it's just it's just I agree. I if I had read my article, I would have just hated myself, too. But, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm not a racist. And so I got to do my comedy or keep doing the things that I did. To try to bring people together and eventually maybe that will not be rubbed out because then i would i go back and change it i would not want him to get hit um definitely but right it changed <laughs> me as a person in a right way. right anyway so well,
0: it's one of those moments where you're like how would i do it differently now you know like what what's in my arsenal for i know myself as when i'm dealing with hecklers or whatever yeah now it's like there's a part of me that's like actually Excited when there's a moment like that, because before it would just freak me out. But now I'm like, oh, how do I sit with this? Yeah. And transform it, because I know now, because I've done it the other way. How do I sit with this? And so what take if somebody, the energy. Somebody threw
2: a, a chair at you this time and called you a faggot. What would you do this time? Uh. I'd still probably run. But I'm well, no. Saying... If
0: someone really would physically, but before it gets to that level, I'm like, I would be able to see him and go, sir. If you want to take me to dinner, you don't have oh, to yeah. act this out. Yeah, I like, like, how do I diffuse that? Like, okay, yeah. uh, you know. You could just say no, you know, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. yeah, <laughs> or yeah. something. I'm like, not raping you. I'm just, I'm just right, sitting look, up here. Look, look, no stage. homo, dude. No homo. Yeah, I mean, exactly. some homo, just over here. Yeah, Definitely yeah, no yeah. homo. I mean, there's probably a lot of homo underneath yeah, yeah. that chair. You know, whatever yeah, exactly. I would do, yes. I go, okay, you're the one that wants to touch me. Yeah. I'm not trying to touch you. Yeah, like, whatever I would do. He's by himself,
1: actually. Right, right. Yeah, I, think yeah,
0: you, I think the struggle's inside yeah, of you, sir. Yeah,
2: I think so. I think the struggle's inside.
0: I'm not inside you. Well, yet. Not But, you know, just like kind of playing along with it, because then there's like a, I know for myself that I'm safe within me. Yes. So that knowing, even if there's crazy shit, and I'm like, there are times I've had to look at, like, where are the fire escapes in this room? Because I had one show where, right before I went on stage, they were... were, Can you name the city? Oh, yeah. I was in... um, uh, Windsor Locks, Connecticut, okay. which is like the south of Connecticut. The further <laughs> north, it's always the south. No, the further north in Connecticut you, you go, go is the further south. Okay. So I'm up there, and it's like. <laughs>
2: and if you go past, uh, by the way, if you go past Tampa, you're back in the north again. Well, right. It's it's like, it's like a, a New York again.
0: It's like a. Uh, it's a big a, loop. It's like the yin. It's so yin, it becomes yang. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's like a portal, a wor- It's a wormhole. No, yes. but so you go the further north from the shore you go. Yeah. Is the more red. So I get there, and it's. You know there's a guy up, th- and I'm subbing for Marion Grodin. She had something come up, with so I'll cover for her. And she's a she's an amazing comedian, yeah. I a, you could bring her, to, you could bring her. To, yeah, uh, be she, uh, so I'm subbing for her. I get there like la- I'm not late, but I'm like just like 15 minutes. So before telling, I need to get up. Yeah, because I had to drive to T New Jersey, get the money to pay the other comics, and then do the my you know, you so it was to get to Connecticut to, and, on a Friday at yeah, rush hour. Oh, that's hard, so man. it was crazy. So I still got there 15 minutes before I needed to be there, but I'm like, okay, and the guy is having the whole audience clap along and they're singing this homophobic, racist, transphobic song. Before
2: you get there? It,
0: it, well, uh, he's he's the person that's up before me. Oh. So he's getting them all to clap along like a musical, but there's like, chick has got a dick that's bigger oh, than mine. Uh, and like all this racist, homophobic... And then oh, the audience God. is cheering eating him on. Eating they're it eating up. it up. And I'm like, oh my God, I... I'm like I'm like. Oh, there's that fire escape. There's okay. I just need to know where the exits are because I don't know what's gonna she happen. Must have killed when he
2: got on stage, so right. Well,
0: I okay. Here's it. I'm scared because I'm like are. this is like a hundred something to I don't know 150 people people yeah. all cheering for like basically like a this beat
2: a, up the gay person. Well, no,
0: it's basically like Mamma Mia, KKK. Oh right. There's a, all fear of Which all. Which
2: KKK in Philip and uh, Brazil means you're laughing. Oh, well, well, it doesn't, they text you, no, KKK, I was like, these people are racist. That means LOL. I oh, like, that's L- I didn't know that. Well, I was like, these are racist. This For is, serious. this is
0: definitely, please, I don't want to die. God. Yeah, yeah. moment. And I got up there and you know, as soon as I got up, I pulled the mic and the mic fault, the thing falls out oh, and they're no like, Ooh, so it's already egging them on of to be course. totally at mega. They've just yeah. bumped up their douchiness. And, uh, and I plug it back in. I'm like one two one two. Surprise! I speak English. Oh! And they're all laughed. And I said, you know, I, and I looked, and I was my heart's racing because like they're already all screaming at me. It's like it's like the substitute teacher who falls into the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Because that microphone goes out. They're already like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. this guy. And so I just plug it in. I'm like one two one two. How long is your
2: set gonna
0: be? For uh, they said can you do thirty? I'm like ah, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> go along, do thirty. I'm like, <laughs> mommy. But I was like, you know, it's like this moment of Thor's hammer. You have to grab yeah. the hammer and go ah. I call upon the universe. And I just got up there and I was like, and I'm shaking inside. I'm fucking scared. And I looked at them. I said, wow, uh, even the dishwashers in this place are white. I'm it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and just call it because that yeah, tension's there. Yeah, of they have yeah, not yeah. seen a brown person. They don't even know I'm gay yet. I'm just doing you like I'm just do a brown. First. I'm just doing. I'm on brown. Yeah. Layer level one brown. We're brown, right? Just level one. Boo, 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 this country,
2: we're level two. Right, 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 They're right. this really pull it out. I'm gay. Right, yeah. right. But
0: I didn't. I wasn't gonna do that for a while. because didn't? Oh, you waited. I waited because I'm like I don't. I, you want to win the audience over, yeah. it. and I, the temperature was like really hostile. Yeah, so. Yeah. I just went from table one to table two. I just did stuff about millennial. There's a millennial over here. Da da, da And I just, I was, did you start
2: playing with the crowd. At the beginning oh, of
0: totally. Yeah. I mean, I already made enough up front to kind of pull the room into like, I'm here. Yeah. I own my power. And then you have to grab table one, table two, table three. And I really, and I called the call back two to one, three to two, yeah. four to one, you know, all that yeah. kind of like Bingo. really great. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. 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 Well, but it's yeah, true, but yeah, it's like yeah. really hardcore. Yeah. And so at a certain point, Two of the women are like, "Oh, he's cute," and the other woman says, "He's got a ring on," you know. And I just said, "Oh, but ladies, after another drink, you're not going to remember or feel the ring," oh, you know. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my God, I just fucking hit on these women. Yeah. But I was also like, "Let's play with it,"
2: yeah, you know.
0: Course. And then at some point, I finally I come out.
2: And what did that? How did that go? There was like a moment of silence,
0: and then they, but they were still on board. See, oh, I already won great. them over. That's great. And so at one point, though, as I'm going through it, this woman yells out in the audience, "We love you! We're so happy!" I'm like. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Thirty minutes ago, you were gonna lynch me. Yeah, exactly. And you said Sulu's a faggot, and you yeah. all laughed. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm coming up here in my little like Sulu polo. Yeah. You know, like I look yeah, like yeah. I'm wearing all blue, like yeah, a Sulu yeah. blue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wore like of ochre, but yeah, you know, yeah. it was like a uh, Star Trek blue. So
2: you had me a blue. Right, right, yeah. right. But so. you know,
0: but I, I, it was like something magical had happened, and I was mm-hmm. like, I that was part like a peak experience for me in comedy because it was one of those ones like, oh my god, this. How many years ago was this? Um, A couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. Wow, that's great! Very oh powerful. my god! But I when I was done, they were like, "Wow!" And so the the guy that closed the show was was kind of. Well, whoever he was, he was. But whenever he made, like, a faggot joke, the audience was quiet. Oh, and you changed Because I changed them. Like, you said, this Mm. transformation. Because now they've seen a person of color and who's queer who was powerful. And then when someone does a really lame joke about gay people, I mean, I've seen comics do really smart jokes about same-sex marriage or or gay people or something. But you've got to do it with... With like reality and yeah. honesty and, and, and intimacy. When you're
2: transparent, when you are that person, they totally changes their stereotypes. Right, right. Because they're like, you know, because they always say this. Yeah, I don't like. Because this is how it will mutate. They'll say, I don't really like gay people, but there's this one time I saw. This one, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. And then they
0: start changing. Right, right, and like, right,
2: There's three gay comics I saw one time. So they're not all bad. It's there's three
0: about, nice ones. The rest are faggots Yeah, yeah. But you know,
2: <laughs> you over time, they're like, I like these gay people. They're great. So it just kind of <laughs> works like that. You know,
0: right? maybe I'll suck a dick next. Week I don't exactly.
2: know, <laughs> but to be honest, I think right. one of the big things now is is just trying to break that open and uh, right. To be honest, yesterday I was in a bad mood because I wrote a post on LinkedIn about women being as equal to men. You think that would be an easy one to talk about? My LinkedIn blew up. I had so many engineer guys talking about that women in uh, genetically are inferior to, to women wow. on LinkedIn.
0: On LinkedIn.
2: Ah. On LinkedIn. And I was like, what is going on? Are we going backwards in time? Right. But anyway, so you're right. You just have to, all it takes is for that guy to have one girl that he, what about his mom? That should have been the standard to change to all other women. But anyway, right, right. anyway so I get it. You have to change him one audience at a time right
0: in one relationship at a time. i mean you're i mean that's exactly what you're, you're creating a space for that transformation
2: trying to if we can yeah. and you definitely got to come out to colorado you're gonna oh, have a great time i can't wait and also the lgbt community there is super awesome strong so you're gonna have a great time don't fall no you're already in love so i can't screw that up yeah. Anyway, so we this VR now, so, <laughs> so they see all of that. Like,
0: There's a book on conscious uncoupling on my table. Yeah. Well, we'll see what that means in yeah, yeah, yeah. three more months. But
2: no, you're gonna be so it'd be great to have you. It'd be great to host you. And also too, I can't wait. I uh, hope to get you out to comedy in Manila and come. And see oh,
0: you. oh my God! Totally. Yeah, wait, gonna, of course. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> Don't betray my people. <laughs> I have cousins all over the Philippines. They will come. But you're
2: going to be going in a weird town where Duterte is there in power. So it's going to be a very...
0: Well, I would love to go somewhere where Duterte is and see... I mean, I'm I'm a little nervous. My dad just went to the Philippines and had a military escort. What? Because well, there's a whole family Okay, drama. well that's a whole we, another, that's a whole other episode. A whole other podcast. This is what Philippine Filipinos, Catholics, yeah. and drama. That's right. all there's no. The why do you think I'm a Why do you think I'm a comedian? I, my dad had to have military escort. Come on. Wow,
2: that's pretty hardcore. He must have been friends with Marco. Marcus. No, not no. Oh, totally different. This then. is just a family rivalry. Okay, okay. No, this is
0: you understand. This is just huh. family drama, not huh. not political drama. Family drama. Huh. But okay. the Filipinos love drama.
2: Yeah, they do. Well, I, look at look at the ABS-CBN TV and the GMA shows and stuff. Right, yeah, right, right. They're drama. all drama. But it's it's kind of like the sexy Asian Telemundo. You know right I mean? right It's true it's, uh,
0: if you're happy with other people <laughs> i'm happy for you exactly right it's all this like suffer exactly supper. anyway anyway it was a pleasure i am like, so thrilled dude, to have you on the show yeah how can great. people find you jackson
2: um so that's a weird one i'm not really i mean you can always go to my old youtube page which is youtube.com guilo jackson and is oh my G-W- God. W- spell E-I- that g-w-e-i-l-o jackson Um, I used to have like a Facebook page and all that stuff, but when all the situation, I kind of wiped it, but um, things they can find comedy mayhem at the mezzanine, just look up comedy mayhem. That's a, that's a show we'll be starting, It's it's just Comedy Mayhem in Colorado Springs. Look it up on Facebook, you'll find it. Okay, okay. There's a, one more show we're gonna be starting called Swipe, and basically what Swipe is is offline storytelling about online dating disasters. So it's gonna be an open mic for everyone to finally get off their phones, go into a, a forum where they can just get on a mic for about five minutes and talk about a shitty dating experience. Right. And guess what, they might meet someone in real life that actually they could date but they didn't have to go online because they share i think my saying is when you when you uh when someone uh anyway basically you have a date you hate you might find your mate and that's right oh that's great oh it's cute that's very cute so anyway so those are the two shows we'll be starting to run and then hopefully the springs comedy fest uh, being in June 2018 and most of the proceeds we're going to be focusing on is cancer research because uh, ovarian and breast, uh, breast and ovarian cancer and prostate is a big big issue um, especially breast and ovarian cancer and there's right. so there's going to be a, uh, we're going to be doing some stuff uh, for the cancer uh, stuff like that. So, oh great. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be for a good cause and that kind of thing. So I'm mm. looking forward to it. We'll see you there though.
0: Oh definitely. And and I'll also have links when I post this that people can find these so 'cause they awesome. can't spell mayhem Aguilo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you can
2: just, just if you're listening, just click on the link above you. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I hope who's ever listening, if you're in the car, you know, like I'm hope you got home safe. That's yeah. it, okay. Yeah. Because this was a long drive
0: home. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a pleasure. Jackson, thank you so much. Yo, I love it, Rich. Love thank you so too. much for inviting me. Okay. I'll see you next time. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. Thanks for joining us at WTY Podcast. For more information, go to WTYPod.com. That's WTYPod.com. Uh, and like us. Give us a review on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. Thanks so much for joining in. W T Y. It's a comedy journey.